Hello, this is Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of New Hope Baptist Church here on August the 28th. Man, almost September. <clears throat> and what I wanted to do today, we're going to start in Isaiah 41. Yeah, I haven't done this for a while, I guess. Uh, well, you know what, before that, we'll go back to Isaiah 41. We're going to go to 2 Peter 1 to start with. <clears throat> Excuse me, 2 Peter 1. We're going to talk about God's promises. We haven't done that for a while. I think it's important to go over them every once in a while, don't you? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Let's thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will do what I cannot do, Lord. And show each of us what you would have for us in your word today. And thank you for all the blessings you've given us this week. And as we go through your promises, Lord, let's see the things that we need that we can hang on to. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Exceeding great and precious promises. I heard Dr. Cummins from Maslin Baptist Temple, preach about this one time a long time ago. <laughs> That's back in like 82. <laughs> but what, what a sermon it was. And these great and precious promises <clears throat> of the Lord. And I think that uh, sometimes when we go through these hard times, especially today, we need some things we need to hang on to. And within God's word, there's these exceeding great and precious promises that you can always look to. There really is. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. And it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Skip down to 13, it says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Now, I know he's talking to the Jewish people at that time, but I think we can transpose and transfer some of these things to us or the church in the church age. The Lord's been good to us. When we get these truths, we know fear is not from the Lord. And we look in these particular verses, in fact, and we say that he is with us. You don't want fear, not why, because he's with us. Why not fear? Because he strengthened us. Why not fear? Because he will help us. Why not fear? Because he will uphold us. Now we're talking about a people that is serving the Lord, not ones that are turning away from him, aren't we? And when you're serving the Lord, honestly, you have nothing to fear. You really don't. I think people uh, in this day and age, though, there's so much that's being thrown at us. And with media the way it is, there, you know, back at this time, there was no television, was there? Media being the way it is, and politics being the way it is, and all these things, our economy now, it tell you what, it's tough. But don't you ever forget, not why, you don't, why shouldn't you fear? First of all, you're a Christian, you're going to heaven. 
Secondly, he is with us. He strengthens us. He will help us. And he will uphold us. Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. What kind of thoughts are those? He says here, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. When the Lord thinks of you, what do you think he thinks of you? He says here, thoughts of peace. And to an expected end, a certain end, of a, a, a way that he has for you. He's your dad. He's your spiritual dad. And I tell you what, what you're, you're, we're earthly dads, right? I don't know if you're a dad or a mom or whatnot. But... <clears throat> What do you think for your children? Do you want the best for them? Sure you do. To an expected end, right? That they have a great life. Well, if we as people can do that, what do you think the Lord thinks of you? Good night. He, he loves you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. And guess what? Unlike us uh, human fathers and mothers, he can fulfill that without any doubt. We can try, but he can Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. What a promise that is. If you wait upon the Lord, He will renew your strength. He will strengthen you in the hard times. I've read so many of past Christians, missionaries to martyrs, <laughs> different people that went through so much. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> when I read about them, I didn't read about weak people. They were very strong people. Who strengthened them? Of course the Lord. It wasn't just their character, although the Lord builds your character. Sure he does. But when you are facing death for your beliefs, when you're facing tribulation or death of a loved one or your health or you name it, what do you fear the most? The Lord will strengthen you. You look to him. Isaiah 43, 2. Talking about this matter of promises. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I want to tell you something. When we go through hard times, he will be with us. He's walking beside us. I, I think of that old poem, and I know that's not a... Uh, you know, in the Bible, but that one about walk about how Jesus walks with you, and you see two footprints in the sand. I think that's what it's called, footprints in the sand, isn't it? And I forget exactly how that goes, so I'm not going to try to quote it. But you see the two footprints in the sand. It's Jesus and you. No, once you see one, and it was they asked Jesus, "Where'd you go?" There's only one. He said, "That's when I was carrying you." He's with you. He's with you. He loves you. And these promises, man, 
I don't know about you, but I need them. I really do. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 19 through 23. Having therefore, brother, in boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, <clears throat> by a new and living way, which hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful he is faithful that promise. Let's read that again. He is faithful that promised. Isn't he? Of course he is. He is faithful that promised. I'm going to tell you something. If there's anybody in this world that's going to be faithful, it's Jesus. We've failed... We're people, and so we do fail, right? Let me tell you something. Jesus is faithful. Jesus will never fail you. When Jesus makes a promise, you can take that to the bank. It stands. Jesus' word stands. Let's go to First Thessalonians, if you would, chapter 5. First Thessalonians, chapter 5. Verse 23 and 24, it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. He promised. He fulfills. Without any shadow of a doubt, always, every time, the God that cannot lie fulfills His promise. That's a fact. We've only got a couple verses to go. I think three. Let's go to Second Peter again. Second Peter. I know I'm, I'm, we're turning from place to place, but I want to try to make this painless, right? <laughs> like the old-fashioned sword drills, right? Second Peter chapter 3. And we're going to look in verse 9. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God keeps his promises and wants all to be saved. You know, for God so loved the world, right? He's not slack concerning his promises to men. And he is depending on you guys and me. 
Now, he could do without us. Don't you get me wrong. He's God, right? But he tells us to do what? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let me state that again. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God wants all men to be saved. There's a there's an epidemic of of a Calvinism today, you know. And what they mean by that is, you can be saved, and if I'm not to be saved, there's nothing I can do about it. But don't get me wrong, there's verses in the Bible that says he chose. But there's also things in the Bible that said whosoever. I believe both are true. How that works out, I don't know. But I believe them. Old Charles Spurgeon said, That whosoever will, and that chosen for the foundation of the world. They're like two straight lines. It looks straight anyway. Going off into the sunset. But in heaven they meet. We'll find out how that is up there. At the meantime, in the meantime, whosoever will drive us, right? That's right. For God so loved only the ones that are going to get saved? That's not what it says. For God so loved the world. So this Calvinism and this, it's terrible. They took two other words, sovereign grace, which is great words that even Spurgeon said many times. And they, they conflate that to be Calvinism. It's, it's terrible. I'm going to tell you something. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever. God promises are to be fulfilled, will be fulfilled in our lives and he wants all to be saved so they can be saved. He wants all to be saved. John chapter 11. John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? Chapter 11. John chapter 11 and verse 25 and 26. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever, oh man, here's that word again, liveth. And believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Believest thou this? Do you believe that, my friend? All who believe on Christ will be saved and never die. My mother died a year and a half ago, coming on. You know what? But she didn't. Her body died. She's in heaven. Go to see her one of these days. She believed this. She walked into death. If she had any fear in her, and I'm sure there was some. I mean, never experienced that before. But I didn't see it. What a strong, Christian, godly woman. Leona McDivitt understood something. That she 
will never die. And she walked straight into heaven. When she closed her eyes in death, she opened them in heaven. My. Will never die. His promises will be fulfilled. One more verse, if you would. One more verse. Revelation. That'll be an easy one to find, right? Clear to the end of the Bible. The book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, right? Chapter 3. Revelation, chapter 3. And verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open at the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Now Jesus is talking to the church here. And he is at our door though. I know we use this to lead people to Christ. There's nothing wrong with that. He's talking to the church. But also I believe each individual one of us, he's knocking at our door. He doesn't break in the door. He allows us to answer it. And if we answer it and accept him in our heart as our Lord and Savior, come into our heart and forgive us of our sins, knowing that we're sinners. We repent of our sins, meaning we turn from our sins to him. We ask him to forgive them, forgive us of our sins. Ask him to come into our hearts, our Lord and Savior, believing that he is God. When he sits at our heart's door and knocks, he'll come in and commune with us. Now how exciting is that? The ultimate in his promises. The ultimate in what he gives as his word. And he has to fulfill his word. Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13. Take a chance to read them. Very plain. You know? Well, I like that one. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. <laughs> Sometimes we complicate it a lot. The Lord's waiting. For those of you that aren't saved, and those of you that are saved, you're going through some hard times. I understand. These are hard times, aren't they? It's kind of scary, isn't it? But I really believe it's pointing to the end times. Jesus Christ, I believe, is getting ready to come down. And I believe that the saints of God are in heaven. They're all circling around. Everything's getting, have you ever see those old war movies and they all are sitting there with their, they're sitting there with their uh, swords and they're hitting their shields and they're ready to go into battle. <laughs> I kind of think there's a lot of noise being made up there. They're ready to come down and get us. Jesus is going to meet us in the clouds. Dead in Christ will raise first and they which are alive will, will go to meet him with, you know, and meet him with, join him and meet him in the air. <laughs> Stumbling over my words today. This is a wonderful opportunity in this world to serve the Lord. I know we can look at things and see the glass half empty. But let's look at the glass half full for a moment. Number one, 
all these things we're going through, we can rely on all these promises to strengthen us. So that the people of this world will look at you and say, wow, how are they able to handle it? Then you can in turn say, through my Lord. He made some promises to me. And guess what? He made some promises to you. That if you just accept him as your Lord and Savior, he can be just like me. And better than me. You could be, in, you know, when we get to heaven, he's coming soon. Don't you want to get saved? What a list of promises. Well, my friends, I hope you have a great Lord's Day. And I pray that you will uh, witness to some poor lost soul with you this week. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, I thank you for this day you've given us. I thank you for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us. And I pray, dear Father, that our churches will have a blessing today. That we will feel your presence, your power, and the Lord revival will kick off in the United States of America or Denmark or wherever these fine folks are listening from. Some Africa, some Japan, some are in Australia, so many parts of the world, Brazil, can't even name them all. Wherever we're at, that we'll feel your presence. And there will be people getting saved and Christians getting right. And your word propagated through this whole world. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, well folks, you have a great week. And like I said, please try to witness to some poor lost soul. Right? God bless you.